let's get agreement that this is a strategic priority. That area of alignment and synergy can be very important. Future, we're committed to expand valuation. time, there's still progress that needs to be made. This is Healthcare Strategies. Hello, and welcome to Healthcare Strategies. I'm Kelsey Whittle, Senior Editor of Healthpayer Intelligence and Multimedia Manager for Extelligent Healthcare Media. What is generative AI's role in health insurance? How are regulations taking shape around this tool? And how are payers reacting to the new possibilities generative AI presents? Today, we're bringing you a conversation touching on all of these questions from Health 2023. At the event, we caught up with Ginny Whitman, Senior Manager of Public Policy at the Alliance of Community Health Plans, or ACHP, to talk about generative AI's impact on the health insurance space. Since we captured this on site, the audio quality is a little different than our usual standards, but hopefully it feels like you're immersed in the energy of the conference. So let's get into the conversation. Well, Jenny, it's great to meet you. Welcome to Health, and welcome to Healthcare Strategies. And this is our first time sitting down together, so I'm excited to get to chat about a really important area that's emerging in healthcare right now, which is artificial intelligence. But before we dive into the scope of this conversation, could you just share with our audience, you know, What's your background? What is your role right now? How did you get there? Absolutely. Um, so, Ginny Whitman, I'm a senior manager of public policy here at ACHP, which is the Alliance of Community Health Plans. We represent nonprofit, regional based health insurers that are aligned, integrated in some way with a delivery system, a provider arm. So, our thesis at ACHP is that model of integration with the payer and provider provides for a better care system and care experience for beneficiaries. And so, I lead our health IT policy portfolio at ACHP. That ranges from everything from virtual care to interoperability and now AI. So it's a very exciting time. It's been a great last few years ramping all this up. I've been at ACHP for about five years. And prior to that, I would say I was more in the clinical space. So I spent a few years as an emergency medical technician. I worked in an ER, doctor's offices, etc. And all of those experiences and how broken the system was for the patients and seeing that on a day-to-day basis is eventually what pushed me over into policy. And um, now I sort of feel very strongly that health IT is the thing that's gonna help us solve all of those broken pieces. So very passionate about what I do here at ACHP, yeah. Yeah, well that's awesome. And I'd love to hear about what you're seeing payers in your space right now taking away from AI right now. Like where is this technology leading? kind of cutting edge right now, a lot of uncertainty about where it's going to lead, but what are some of the use cases you're seeing right now? Yeah, so it's a great question, and I think um, we can we can create two buckets of, of payers in this space. We have those that are really excited. They have taken the leap. They're doing really fascinating things in piloting different large language models for AI, so they're sort of taking generative yeah. AI and Take the bull by the horns, if you will. We have the other half of that payer bucket, which is definitely more standard payer risk averse. They are very concerned about AI snake oil, if you will. And so there, there's definitely taking a little bit of a slower approach, being a lot more thoughtful about what they want to integrate within their system, building in-house versus who they might want to partner with in terms of vendors and sponsors and things like that. So it's, it's a really interesting breakdown between our payers. I also think that it's important when we're talking about AI for payers. A lot of payers have been doing artificial intelligence, have that integrated within their systems for years. It's not new. 
what's new is generative AI. And so that's the thing that is causing all this buzz. That's the thing that's causing all this anxiety. And so, you know, outside of these two buckets, we can sort of collectively say that they recognize AI has value. They've been using it. Yeah. It's just this generative AI piece that is sort of causing the concern. And mm -hmm. so ACHP is doing what we can to sort of assess what our, where our members are, what they're thinking about, what they're concerned about, and how we can help them from a regulatory and legislative perspective. Yeah, and just to sort of continue to lay that groundwork here for this next question, what are those concerns that you're hearing from the ones that are kind of like slower to the uptake, kind of really thinking about this more? Because um, like you said, this has been around, but then there's this new piece. Yeah, so I think a lot of it is the technology of generative AI and how it's going to interface with beneficiaries, with members. There, there are different ways that you could integrate it within a payer system that it's not going to touch a member. And, and some of the plans that are less risk averse, but still concerned about it, they recognize that it, it does do a lot in sort of administrative simplification and that there's value there. So the, the concern and the risk is having these models touching patient data. Mm. And so, sure, there are privacy concerns, there are HIPAA concerns, there's all those sorts of things. I think there's less concern about things like generative AI hallucinations, because yeah. again, you can sort of be really careful with the models that you're developing. But I think mostly from a risk perspective, it's what are we doing right now with AI that we think is cool and exciting and has promise? And what's happening in a space that is largely unregulated yeah. that will be regulated? And it's very unclear right now what that regulation is going to look like and how it's going to affect the industry as a whole, because I think there's a lot of interest right now in regulating AI very generally. But the healthcare industry is different, and it always will be different for yeah. so many reasons. Yeah. And so what is regulation for AI as a whole mean for the healthcare industry and how can we separate that out in a way that makes sense without creating fragmentation of regulations yes. that is so inherent to what we see in the healthcare system today. Yeah, well, and I wanted to get to the regulation piece because we are seeing that in the broader, you know, there's so many lawsuits happening right now, so much litigation about what should AI be able to do, what shouldn't it be able to do, what are the, what are the guardrails here for this kind of a tool that seems pretty open-ended right now in terms of possibilities. And so I'm curious, I know you just said we're not able to exactly predict what the legislative space around this is going to look like, but where do you think that that's going to be going? Do you have any inklings about that? I wish I had a better sense of where it was going. Yeah. And I think the reason why everybody's struggling here right now is because you have a handful of senators proposing white papers, frameworks, you've the White House Bill of Rights, you've got FDA, you've got other administrative departments and entities all working on their own things. Those things inherently, they're fine. They're, they're yeah. reasonable, right? They've got incredibly smart people helping them develop those things. But they don't work together. They're not, they're not happening under one umbrella. And so I think that's that's the thing that's going to slow us down. So I actually would be surprised if we saw regulation in this space relatively quickly, even though there is so much talk about it right now, yeah. because none of it's coordinated, and you, you need it to be coordinated, especially within healthcare. So I don't, I don't see it happening anytime soon. I could be wrong, right? Like, <laughs> they could come out tomorrow with a bill that gets passed. I would be floored if that happened. Um, but, you know, especially on the congressional level, some of the conversations that we're having is, again, it's, it's really this fundamental level conversation of 
you can't wrap up AI into one neat little package, right? And somebody who's using the phrase AI might be talking about just generative AI, whereas the person that's sitting in the, across from them having that conversation is thinking like, all right, but AI means not just generative AI. It yeah. means machine learning. It means deep learning and all these other things that aren't generative. Right. And then you have, on the super fundamental level, just plain algorithms, yeah. right? Like, so when you're regulating just plain algorithms because you're so scared about generative AI, you're taking us back to the Stone Ages and you're yeah. taking away all these tools and all these innovations and all these essential things that we need in a healthcare system. So again, I think this is going to be a slow process. I think there are lots of people out there right now that would love for this to move full speed ahead, but I, I just don't see that happening. That makes a lot of sense, especially when you think about, like you said, like healthcare is its own animal entirely. It's like you can make maybe they'll get something out about AI generally, but then we have to deal with like what what about this space specifically, where like you said, patient data is involved, and that's a huge risk. I guess I'm curious, you know, what would you say to payers in both of those buckets right now, in the more jumping in headfirst and in the more like kind of risk averse bucket? If you were to address a payer for each of those, what recommendations would you be giving about moving forward in this space? Yeah, it's funny you asked me that because we, we had a payer that said, you know, it'd be great if ACHP could create sort of like a risk framework for us. You know, what's, oh, wow. what's low risk and easy to do right now versus high risk and really hard to do? And, and I was like, listen, what's risky today might not be risky tomorrow. So it's yeah. hard to sort of assess that. So honestly, the best thing that payers can do when they're evaluating this is, First of all, internally as a system, have a unified approach for how you're going to be thinking about AI, implementing it within your internal processes. And again, that might just be sort of business administrative simplification, not touching patient or member data. But if you are going to be going that route, okay, build pilots, be really thoughtful. And I think the most important thing right now is your explainability around the systems that you're working on. Can you show that it's not a black box? Great. What are your inputs? What are your outputs? How is it functioning? And really, really well documenting that so that you're not in a position where you are getting slapped with a lawsuit for something that is just a tool, right? Like that's the important thing to remember is AI is just a tool. Yes, it is artificial human-like intelligence, but it's human-like, it's just a tool. People are still needed in, the, in this process. There's no sort of silver bullet that's gonna have a system running insurers' plans for them. Right, right, so yeah. As much as that might be a huge benefit if that was gonna happen. But. You know, we're sort of like 20 years in the future, completely different looking healthcare system. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knows, you know, but yeah. Never know. Yeah, well, that's it. And how, just to kind of pivot a little bit, how has health been so far? What have you been like taking away from this experience? So, yeah, admittedly, this is my first health. So, oh, um, yeah, uh, next time I'll come with a game plan yeah. for sure. Um, <laughs> honestly, the, the biggest value here has just been meeting lots of different people, sitting at breakfast, talking to a complete stranger and, and hearing what they're working on has been great, right? Yeah. Like lots of cool potential opportunities to work with people that were complete yeah. strangers yesterday and now we have cool connections. So that's been yeah. incredible. Um, I, unfortunately, I haven't been able to get to as many sessions as I wanted to. So I was hoping to sit in some of these AI ones. No, I think it's just nice to hear and connect with the folks that are just as passionate about improving the system as I am. Yeah. It's not everybody here, that's okay. Yeah. Um, but 
finding those people has been phenomenal. I also, this is such an aside, but I'm a new mom. And so I've been connecting with like a lot of other new moms here at home and just, you know, not tech related at all, but that has been really cool. So that was a really cool opportunity. Yeah. I saw they had a space for mothers set up and I was really excited. Yeah. We were having like new mom parties. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. (laughs) Oh, well, I'm so glad that we got to meet in person. Thank you for having this conversation. Yeah, no, my pleasure. (laughs) Thanks for sitting down with me. Listeners, thanks for joining us on this special episode of Healthcare Strategies. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have any thoughts or any questions that you'd like us to consider covering on the podcast, you can always reach out to me at kwadil at techtarget.com. That's K-W-A-D-D-I-L-L at techtarget.com with any thoughts that you might have. And I look forward to hearing from you. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you want to get more of our content on a weekly basis, including our other sort of edition of healthcare strategies called Headlines. And if you feel so led, give us some stars and a positive review on Apple if you liked this episode. Until next time. This is a Tech Target production.